Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, like tedious commutes to work or dealing with your annoying boss. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on their crossword puzzles, even though they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So there's literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. I use ZocDoc and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash R-S. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole, more like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code r slash at checkout. That's r slash, R-S-L-A-S-H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code r slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code r slash. Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP gets revenge after getting fired. Our next Reddit post is from Tull Throw Me Away. I was recently laid off from my remote job. It was a last-minute video chat with HR, and then my entire access was cut off as soon as the call ended. No time to say goodbye to anyone, no time to retrieve any personal files from my laptop, and I got terrible severance pay. But then the kicker was them telling me that I had to ship their laptop back to them ASAP. I've had other companies send prepaid laptop boxes to return equipment or to just say to keep it. This company expected me to waste my time to package up the computer and then find a place to ship it back. Seems like a lot to ask of someone that you just got rid of like a piece of garbage. They gave me their shipping account code and told me that I could just charge it on their account. When I went to a shipping company, they told me the code doesn't work and I have to pay out of pockets. At this point, I am very annoyed with this process. The company tells me that I can pay out of pocket and they'll reimburse me. Okay, I can do that. So I found the most expensive option I could find and added some bathroom tiles in the box to make it extra heavy and had it shipped. I also shipped my mouse and power supply separately in the same expensive fashion with extra weight. Total cost, $840. The cost of the laptop was probably about 500 bucks. Anyways, F them. I did as I was told. Maybe next time they won't fire people and then expect them to drive around town to return their stuff. Opie, that's a great revenge and all, but why even do all that? Like, what are they going to do? Send it to collections? Okay, great. Come collect it then. Our next Reddit post is from Sinios. 
So I work in a tech company, and usually we have a software deployment every other Thursday. The team usually has a long meeting on Friday for two to three hours after deployment. However, usually we have some minor issues after deployment, and I have to do a lot of monitoring and fixing. So I usually ask the team to push the meeting to Monday so that we can stabilize the system first. A few weeks ago during that meeting, people pointed out that I'm always postponing the meeting and we never have it on its set date, which is Friday. I mentioned that usually the system isn't stable on Friday and I have to fix it. Management said that we have to stick to schedule and I said, okay. After two weeks, I attended the meeting on its scheduled time on Friday. It went on for like three hours. When we came out, there were hundreds of emails and tickets from the client. The servers were down for hours right at peak usage time. Our clients were pissed and had lost tens of thousands of dollars during that time. The thing is, it was already the end of my workday, so my boss had to pay me a hefty amount for working on the weekend, as well as double time off. Our next Reddit post is from Patty Cake. Back in 1999, I was a sales manager for the now-defunct Circuit City. My wife and I were expecting our first child. My wife was leaving her place of employment as she was planning on staying home with our daughter once she was born. Since this was our first child, I wanted to be home for a little while at the beginning. I asked my store manager for one week off after my daughter was born. I was met with opposition and told that I could only have two days off because we don't have extra management coverage. Yet somehow we cover people's vacations. This was absolutely ridiculous and luckily I'd done my homework. The way the Family Medical Leave Act law is written, parents can take up to 12 weeks of maternity slash paternity leave, and their job is guaranteed to be waiting for them when they return. I believe this is meant to be combined between the parents, but since my wife was leaving her job permanently and not taking maternity leave, that left 12 weeks available for me to take. Employees at Circuit City rarely ever take paternity leave because it's most often unpaid leave. I, however, had plenty of paid time off saved up. So I told the store manager that I'd be filing for paternity leave under FMLA and, in fact, I'd be taking 12 weeks off. And I'd be using my saved pay time off to cover my income. He tried to argue with me, but I told him he should probably go contact HR. He returned later that day and sheepishly asked me if I would accept the one week off that I originally asked for. I told him that I'd accept two weeks or 12 weeks. The choice was his. I ended up with two weeks off, and the store manager learned that, even though I was young, I was not going to be pushed around, and that reasonable requests should be reasonably accepted. OP, I'm happy for you that you got your own little win, but really, you should have taken the full 12 weeks, because screw that guy. Our next Reddit post is from Cocky Nurse. My wife and I bought our first home in early 2021 at the perfect time. Our house was in an older neighborhood, but it was a new build. Prior to the house being built, it was just a plot of land that was overgrown with trees and bushes. When we bought our house, the backyard needed work. There was about 100 feet deep of backyard that we could play with, but it was completely overgrown with vines, bushes, small trees, bamboo, you name it. To give some context, our plot of land is shaped like a parallelogram. Our yard doesn't go straight like a rectangle, it's kinda angled. My wife and I worked hard to start clearing it out. After we removed all the growth, we gained about 25 feet of backyard to play with. We got to our neighbor's property on the left, found our survey stake, and we stopped there. Then we started on the other side, and after working on it for a few days, we came outside to a patchwork fence that our neighbor had put up on the right side. 
the fence was just tree limbs and things stabbed into the ground. According to our land survey, our land extended 15 feet beyond this makeshift fence, but since we hadn't met or talked to these neighbors yet, we decided to stop there for now, since it was getting colder out and we didn't want to step on our new neighbor's toes. Fast forward a few months and it's springtime. The patchwork fence has long since fallen down. I start mowing my lawn, and I mow from my front stake diagonally to where my back stake is, which I'm able to see pretty clearly through the overgrowth. I start cutting the overgrowth, and I get through most of it that day. The next week, I go to cut my grass, and I see that there's rocks and sticks laid down way into my yard about halfway down, and it goes all the way back to where the original patchwork fence was. I'm curious as to why my neighbor would put all this stuff there, so I started doing some research. I pulled out our survey from when the house was being built, and I started walking our property line. Worth mentioning, I'd also tried introducing myself to my neighbors, and the husband was quiet but nice, but the wife just ignored us. No waves, no smiles, nothing. So, I move the rocks to the back of my yard and throw the sticks in the yard waste bin. All of a sudden, our male neighbor comes outside and walks towards me. He says, Hey, just so you know, you removed our privacy plants and helped conceal us from the people behind us. I'm not sure if you think that your yard extends this far, but this part of land is our yard. I tell him, well, our survey shows that the distance between these two pins in the back should be 115 feet, which is what I got when I measured them. So everything's matching up in our survey. He says, well, my wife works for the city and they can see exactly where the plots are and my plot goes to here. He says this while pointing like 15 feet into my yard. I tell him that we can split the cost of a survey if he wants, and he says that he's not interested and goes inside. I keep doing my thing in my yard. Two weeks go by and I go to cut the grass again. This time, there's now bricks, rocks, limbs, yard spray paint, and flags 15 feet into my property. I am now really irritated. I knock on the door with no answer, despite them both being home. I know this because I could see both of them through the window when I was cutting the grass. I also saw that they were watching me on their ring camera. I move what I can and finish cutting the grass. I go to Lowe's and I pick up some string so I can run string from my front stake to my back stake. Next week, the string is cut and it's laying way inside my yard. Later that evening, when my neighbor was getting into his car, I asked him why the string was cut and he said, my mower must have run over it. I tell him, it's strange that his mower ran over it and the string ended up in my yard exactly where he says that my yard ends. I then tell him that my survey is new and more likely to be right than whatever system his wife was using to determine plots. He tells me, well then, I guess you're going to have to pay to get a new survey done. Okay, I will. So I pay 550 bucks to get the survey done. The survey company puts up a total of 15 stakes down the side of my property line. The kicker? I was wrong. My yard didn't go to where I thought it did. Instead, it went further into their yard by as much as four feet in some places. I was confused and asked the surveyor to explain. Apparently, there used to be some big old rock feature between our two houses. My neighbor didn't want to deal with the hassle of trying to tear the rock feature down, so the builder paid him for the land the rock wall sat on, plus a foot into their yard, and the builder removed the rock wall. After the stakes were down, I was worried the neighbor was going to try to mess with them, so I bought some outdoor cameras and pointed them at my property line. We went on vacation, and when we came back, yep, the stakes were gone. 
I leave them a note because they don't answer their door, and I explain that what they did was illegal, and now we need to talk about it, and I left my phone number. I watch the video and see his wife taking up all the stakes. I don't hear anything for a few days, so I end up speaking with the husband while he was about to go for a run. He claims that he never got my note, and he didn't know anything about any stakes. I tell him that I have his wife on video removing the stakes. He says that he'll talk to her. I get a text that night apologizing, saying they won't remove the stakes again. I'm like, no, you mean you won't remove the stakes again and you'll pay for another survey. He says they didn't know that it was done by an actual surveyor. I tell him that it doesn't matter. We go back and forth before he eventually concedes after I threaten small claims and the cops. I call the original surveyors and explain the situation. They say, well, we don't want to do a job that has potential criminal implications, so we won't do this job again. So I call the next lowest quote. Their quote was for $900. I say, let me get back to you and let my neighbor know. My neighbor is fuming at the $900 price tag, saying, there's no way that's right. A survey doesn't cost that much, blah, blah, blah. I tell him that he's free to get his own quote for that side of the yard, and I give him the names of five companies I called up. A week passes, and I ask him what company he went with, and he says the cheapest he got was $900, but he would not be paying it. I tell him, okay, pay the $500 fine, get a misdemeanor on your record, and we'll go to small claims, and you'll still end up owing me since I have it on video and text. The next day, I'm handed $900 all in 10 and $5 bills, and he walked off. The $900 quote ended up going to over 1000 since we waited too long and they had too many bookings. I call the original company and tell them, hey, we settled our differences. My neighbor paid me for the original cost of the survey and I'm just going to get another one done. Could you come out and do it? And they came out and did the exact same survey for 550 bucks. I now have a fence and trees lining both sides of my yard and I think that my neighbors are moving soon based on the furniture I see them taking out. Our next Reddit post is from Calthor. I was in a very bad car accident in 2021. I ended up with a five-day hospital stay and had to have months of physical therapy and follow-up care with a number of specialists. Most of the time, getting records, setting up appointments, pre-authorization, or anything related to my care was fairly simple and didn't involve too much work. Almost always, I could get things authorized with just my name and my birth date. I called a provider who would incorrectly build my insurance and they wouldn't pay for it, so I was getting stuck with the bill. The call went something like this. Hello, please be advised this call may be recorded for training and quality purposes. How may I help you today? I recently got care from X person at Y location and there were some incorrect billing, so I'm being billed for it and not the insurance company. Can I please have your name and birth date? OP provides it. I'm unable to speak with you about this matter. What? Why not? I'm only authorized to talk to an attorney about this matter. Q malicious compliance. WTF? Okay then. I'm representing myself for all legal matters. Now, please discuss this matter with me. The person on the other end of the line was quiet for about four seconds and then said, One moment, sir. I was put on hold for about three minutes, and when they came back, we got straight to discussing my issue and got it quickly resolved. I don't think they've ever run into that before, and they had to figure out if that loophole counted. You have to have an attorney? Yeah, right. OP clarifies in the comments that getting the issue resolved took about two minutes, and the bill was for $50,000. And after getting it fixed, his deductible was only $500. Our next Reddit post is from Clage. 
I studied history in Germany, and while I was there, an African exchange student was enrolled there as well. He had a very thick accent, and he had quite a lot of trouble putting his thoughts to paper. So, when an assignment was due, he asked the elderly professor if he could write the assignment in English, where he had a much easier time expressing himself. Our elderly professor didn't want to admit that his English was rather bad, so instead, he referenced the university guidelines that stipulated that, except for language studies, all assignments were to be written in either German or Latin. Little did the professor know that this African exchange student was, in fact, schooled in a Jesuit monastery. So he turned in the assignment in perfect Latin. Since the professor had specialized in modern history, he needed the help of a Latin professor to grade the assignments. The university guidelines had to be amended a year later. Assignments in Latin are now only acceptable for those studying Latin. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.